Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We got two cool guests sitting on our two guys sitting on our couch. <laughs> have we ever had two dudes sitting on a couch like this before? I'm. I feel like we haven't. I feel like every time it's been it's 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 been like a it's it's it hasn't been two dudes that are sitting far apart. Get close, guys. Get close. <laughs> Is that why you're at? Yeah, you guys. never had two dudes. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Lux. I don't think so. That's ridiculous. I Wait, don't know. I Chris, Chris, Crystal and, and Jason have yeah. sat on this couch. Aaron and Finney, so two Right, women. right, right. Husheen and, and Harrelson. Husheen and Harrelson. Oh, yeah. maybe. Welcome. So we've already, we've already broken the you, you might not be episode 400. <laughs> you might not be episode 400, but you're the first of the two dudes on the couch. There yeah. we go. There, we yeah. broke the mold, man. There you go. There's awesome. a new brand, the Two yeah. Dudes on the Couch. <laughs> two Dudes, dudes on, on the Couch, couch podcast. <laughs> well, we might, we might have to change this podcast, John, because I know Amanda was kind of kind of giving you the, 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 the little bits of, of like some people don't really like what we do. Mm-hmm. There's an organization that probably has a lot of influence over um, this massage profession in Ontario mm-hmm. that has expressed that they don't like what we do. Oh. Yeah. That means oh. you're a disruptor at best. I don't know what it means. Mark's definitely a disruptor. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Let me ask you a question before we get into it. You're a regulated healthcare professional. Yes, sir. Cool. And you have your governing body. Yes, sir. If you were doing something that you felt was a benefit to the profession and it was kind of out of the box, it was different, um, there are unprofessional bits to it. But at the end of the day, when you weigh it out, the good versus the bad, there's way more good than bad. Would you stop doing what you're doing if they said, yeah, you, you might have to stop? Well, I mean, if you're getting into any healthcare profession, uh, the main thing is, you know, the outcome for your patient, the person that you're treating, right? Right. And so if the benefit outweighs, you know, what's going to happen to you, then sure, I'm going to keep doing what I do then, 100%. Hmm, interesting. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, when you get into a healthcare profession, it's you take care of yourself, but well, I would say for most healthcare professionals, you give more yeah. than you receive, right? And if what I'm going to be giving out there is for the benefit of the majority, the most, then I'm going to do that. The 100%. needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Of course. Simple Spock, if you ask me. Of course, Spock had to make it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a trekkie. Oh, interesting, interesting stuff. <laughs> anyway, hey, you know what Amanda. else? Too? You want else? I don't want to switch what we're doing because <laughs> because we will outlive the person who's in charge of the fucking joint. Mm-hmm. We will still be here doing whatever we're doing long after that person has rolled over to the next job, the next position. So I'm not ready to just fold it all up. There Let's you go. do this. <laughs> well, as I was saying, hey guys, it's me, and I am sitting here with my red cup with a glass of wine because it is an evening recording. My kids have gone to bed, and we've got Colton and Josh sitting on the couch, as Mark said, possibly the first male duo we've had here. I'm not 100%. I'm going to have to go back. And if you're not, somebody's going to give me shit for not remembering <laughs> that there were two people. 390 episodes. episodes. I don't know. I don't know. How is that possible? It, it might it might have happened and the two of us forgot because we forget things <laughs> as they're happening. <laughs> all the so I'm sorry to any other you know men who have both been here together and if, if not, then you guys might be the first. Anyway, so we're doing something a little bit different tonight, uh, changing gears a little bit, still 
still staying within healthcare. But um, this is sort of an interesting story. Uh, Mark's cousin, somebody that you want to know how this we came love about? so much. Yep, let's go <laughs> do you know? Do you know how this came about? Um, yeah, kind of. Let's get you guys to introduce yourselves. Yeah, yeah. and and then I want to hear how you think this. Uh, what's 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 <laughs> so, your version so of how this came Colden, about? So my name's Colden. I I'm the uh, uh, office manager and director of the clinic uh, for Elevate Men's Health. And uh, my name is Josh, and I'm the registered nurse at uh, Elevate Men's Health. And uh, I do treatments for erectile dysfunction for men. So that's I, I was starting to get into that to introduce, but we need to we need to first figure out how this all came to be. But yeah, this is not typical of two well, massage therapists in a microphone. But it is. But it is. But it is because we're, we 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 <laughs> often go off into territory that's not about massage therapy. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, when you're dealing with patients or clients, like any story is relevant because you like, you have every person on your table. That's correct. Yeah. So, for example, when we were doing our pieces on mental health, we went all over the place, man. We found some dude who's a recovered, recovering, recovered. I don't know how he refers to himself. Crack uh, alcohol. You know, because you never know who's on your table. We've had people who have suffered with um, depression, anxiety, agoraphobia, synesthesia. Um, it's just, just all over the map, right? The because map. you never know who's right. on your yeah. table. Yeah. But even things like when we had people on talking about Rubbing tugs? Um, cannabis, we've had, yeah, we've had okay. owners of- Microdosing. Wow, we've had, yeah, uh, microdosing. Whole, it's all over the map because, again, you never know who's on your table. Yeah. And the, when this came to, to my attention, what you guys do, I was like, let's get them on the podcast because I was thinking like this is something that massage therapists should definitely be more than aware of more than aware of with the possibilities for treatment like these are things that you might want to consider when you're talking with your clients and these are people that you can refer them to yeah. right so Correct. we'll, we'll get into this but I want to hear how did you end up here so as you're aware um, I know Greg and his son I actually do some coaching volunteer coaching on the side and his okay. son yeah, um, yeah. I, I coach with him and we were talking about type of work I do right and I said you know it's very important that we have the conversation starter that's the most difficult thing for us right, we right. need to get in the community and start talking to people so he says hey you know <laughs> you know I, got, I know someone can help I was like you really you really he says, yeah my cousin does this podcast I'll talk to him a lot <laughs> but I'll give him a call <laughs> so I said okay you know uh, anything that will help us have the conversation we want to talk to all communities because um, at the end of the day everyone's involved in this right there's a big mental health aspect to what we're doing here so the conversation and spreading the education is really about arming everyone right I'm glad you told me this because I was home I was stoned out of my fucking tree. <laughs> I was so high. That's why you didn't call me back. And and <laughs> and, and, and our and our friend here is sending me messages, sending me messages, and I'm stoned. So I'm like, I can't fucking read this. I'm like, just call me, man. Just call me. <laughs> so then he calls me, and then I pick up little pieces of this because I'm stoned out of my tree. I pick up little pieces of this here and there, and all I remember is we talked a lot about dicks. <laughs> <laughs> And then you called, and I'm like, is this the dick guy yeah, calling I just, me? You know, see, that's the name we always get called. The, the dick guy? Are you the dick dudes? <laughs> yeah. That is good. The dick dudes. Did you, did you guys see my, my coffee mug? One of the two dick dudes is calling me. What does it say? It looks like. Oh, my oh, gosh. 
My listeners know it's my don't be a dick mug. <laughs> Stubbly cactus. <laughs> but these these Manscaped. guys Manscaped. these guys are not dicks, regardless yeah, so, of us calling them dick dudes. So, so then, so, <laughs> so then, uh, then your number's on my phone. You're calling, but I'm stoned out of my tree. That's why I'm like, I can't answer this now. <laughs> I don't even know what I just talked to about Greg. And then you and I went back and forth a little bit on yes. text. Yep. And I was like, I don't even know what I just said there. So I thought, <laughs> let me just let this cool down, uh, and then we'll I'll connect tomorrow. And I think that's how. But thank you. At least now I know how it actually went down. Oh, it no was problem. even more interesting when he there. comes to me because again, you know, he got he he only got little bits and pieces, and he tells me. So Greg has this friend, he's a basketball coach, and uh, he helps he helps men with erectile dysfunction, and we're going to podcast with him. I was like, okay, sure. That sounds like a great and, and that was That Mark. was about it. Yeah, that was about it. Mark's going to be my new character witness. <laughs> that's, more, that's more than what she normally gets. That was the, yeah, yeah, that's true. Sometimes she just says, I... I booked a podcast with this lady. And I was like, okay, cool. Who is this lady? I don't know. Where's she from? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what did she do? I don't remember. Like, what are we talking about? Not sure. The amnesia podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, so now we've, we've done brief introductions of you guys, but I, I really want to start with a little bit more background for people that are listening because, you know, we're all just sitting here giggling like high school kids. Some history on the clinic, like the when this clinic came to be how you guys got involved like for both of you how you decided that this was a I path be a you wanted dude. to <laughs> I want to be addicted <laughs> how did you decide this was a path you wanted to take in your career and why like why is this important to you um for myself i, I think like Josh i mean we've both been involved with healthcare in our history um and by accident we just came upon uh you know occupation that saw us helping men in particular with their sexual health. And I think that aligned with both of us spiritually when it came to, um, you know, being able to spread the gospel, as you would say, to uh, men being more proactive about their health. And for us, we were also being educated ourselves on on this, as we'd say, dark conversation uh, that all men should be speaking about and even their partners should be assisting with this journey. Um, so for myself, traditionally, I've been involved with tech business, um, tech and healthcare, um, and I, I just fell into this industry and really, um, really, really became passionate about it because it was really about men's health, of yeah. something that you could champion without being, you know, um, marginalized or anything like that. That was probably the more important part of things. Well, you mentioned at the beginning in the intros that this is. Um, also mental health is a big component of it. And I was thinking about that as you guys were talking and we were joking about dick dudes, but I was thinking about the fact that like this has been sort of like the butt of a joke for a very long time. Yes. You know, all the TV shows and stuff you see that's like, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge friends fan. So I'm thinking of that scene where it's like, it is a big deal. It doesn't happen to every guy. Right. And so it becomes a joke. And then, yeah. you know, there's probably a lot of men who just have so much shame around wanting to talk about it or is seek help for it. You right? know, it's funny that you bring that up because on our extra Instagram page, we actually have clips of, 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 you know, segments from movies and, and shows where, you know, they made fun of ED, um, as it's called. And again, anything that starts a conversation is good. You know, um, I think a lot of men think about it seriously. I get calls from men who really don't think about it seriously at all. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing about it is just let's start the conversation serious or not. Um, the barrier is men falling down traditional pathways, right, where they're not talking. So I think that's the most important part for us. It is a big mental health issue. Um, a lot of men don't realize that just not dealing with the problem, it causes anxiety. And that anxiety is, 
you know, when we think about where am I going to talk about this? Like me and Mark are sitting down right now. When do we bring up ED, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, Mark, I, you know, I had some ED last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually something that you speak about. So for a lot of men, when they're calling in, they're looking for a trusted conversation. Someone right. just to talk, right? Yeah, That's yeah. It. go on what Colden says. Uh, treating all these men. Uh, you're, I'm spending about 15 or 20 minutes with them inside a room and uh, basically the conversation kind of veers to mental health sometimes mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. people uh, have anxiety around you know not being able to perform especially when they're with a partner especially when they're with a woman who has really high sex drive mm-hmm. um, sometimes you know the issue of not getting an erection during sexual activity with a partner you've been with for a long time you know, you get your partner saying, hey, like, am I not attractive anymore? Or yep. right. are you oh, cheating yeah. on me? We get calls for people literally who call us and say, I think my partner's cheating on me. Right. And we're like, no, they have ED. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, but there's, he, no, there he's are, cheating on me. The yeah. men's partners call, like, they are call these us. are these already patients of yours? Or are these people just calling you to say, like, is this like a is normal this, thing or should thing. I be worried? We have both. We have men, we have women who call in and, um, are thinking that their men are cheating on them because they may have heard our commercial and are asking, is this real, right? I think my, my husband's cheating or my partner's cheating. Others are saying, oh, I heard he's coming to you guys, but I don't think that's true. I think he's actually going somewhere else, hmm. right? So there's there's a big conundrum because the person that you hope would support you in this and that would have knowledge about it doesn't, and they're just as ignorant as your best friend. Hmm. right so for a man seeking information around ed it's really there is none right Right. there is no support system at all um we hope by coming on to this podcast that we're starting to create that support system even through your community it's so important um men are left alone to kind of figure out what to do with their sexual health with no knowledge that has something to do with their mental health so if you can imagine walking in the dark um with a bunch of men in the same room and everyone's kind of like bumping into the same wall <laughs> but no one's saying ouch <laughs> well and, and like you said when it comes to the anxiety then it's just this vicious cycle like how are you supposed to then do anything about what you're thinking is like this is a, either an embarrassing problem or a serious or however you're looking at it yeah. how are you supposed to deal with it if you're feeling anxious exactly and then like you said and your partner exactly. this is this is like relationship dynamic you're right on it here we but go yeah here we go women i i'm not bashing my own gender but like we we just do we just do that everything is about us oh you're you're upset today what did i do why are you mad at me oh you can't perform to is it me it's it's the, i mean i mean both partners both do partners it. do it the problem is this is that even men turn around and blame their partner for the damage of their relationship or, or their their lack of want for that partner. When in reality, it's ED. <laughs> it's right. it's as simple as okay. erectile dysfunction. So let's right? do this. Let's go right from ground zero. Let's put the textbook definition to ED out to our yeah. audience. What is our textbook definition? So basically, it's the inability to produce an erection when you are sexually stimulated. That's pretty much it. We'll also add to sustain. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. That's the yes. other part. Some men gain an erection and lose it right away. That's yes. a sign of erectile that's dysfunction. That's another one too. Correct. So um yeah, that's definitely how we would define it for yeah. sure. To create or to yeah, manifest <laughs> I don't know. And sustain an erection. <laughs> manifest an erection. Yes. <laughs> manifest. But <laughs> Just think, think, um, think. for for us, I think what we need to clarify with regards to this definition 
is actually the timeline of ED. What we're finding out for ourselves um, is that there's actually a timeline of deterioration that falls in line with the psychological erectile dysfunction, the anxiety-related erectile dysfunction. So a lot of men essentially ignore a physical symptom, the one that was defined by Josh, for a significant amount of time. And during that time, it just gets worse. So ignoring it actually makes it worse. Okay. Um, Now, again, there's no one to talk to, no one to, you know, acknowledge this problem. So they, you know, I guess what you say is um, ignore it and then align it to something like, I must be too tired. I must be stressed. Mm -hmm. It must be my relationship. Right. These are the three traditional top three. And then you've got the partners like watching TikToks of people saying like, you know, if he if he's not that into you, then, you know, these are signs that he's not there that you into go, you, right? right. So, then, so it feeds into this popular culture, popular culture. <laughs> what did you say? Some dummy with a phone. Right. To that. But I'm, I'm saying this because I know there's, there's probably people listening okay. who may have a partner who they're feeling like so, he doesn't, he's, he's not sexually attracted to me. Right. He's not, he the doesn't sexual want to be into drive that. is so, lost. Right. I would say. So before we jump it, because uh, I want, the, I want to feel like there's, a, there's something to follow through. So we've defined it. If, if I was to see an infographic talking about the causes what would I see on a typical infographic? I mean, as much as we want to put a penis <laughs> showing it deteriorate in the blood and the blood vessels closing up, which right. is what's actually happening. A lot of it's really just talking about what Josh said. Have you recognized you have ED? Spot the signs. Inability to maintain or gain an erection. Okay. Waking up in the morning and there's no morning erection. Okay. Right? Those are the key two, those key symptoms right there. Um, and then over time, after six to months to three years, which men usually ignore it for, that's the average timeline, by the third year, they're not seeing meaningful erections, right? By that time, they have seek the doctor, and the doctor has now onboarded them to Viagra and Cialis, which, again, are not solutions. And those pills lose their effectiveness, and then the man is then left down traditional pathways that lead up to injections, which stop working then to um, pumps and then to prosthetics. That's the traditional pathway. This is this right, is not right, me right. making this up. This is essentially what's been going on for years. Oh, and if, years. If, I, if my face looks like anything, <laughs> it's not that I don't believe you. It's that I'm just realizing like how little I knew about this. Like that, it's it, not just you. You go to the doctor, even and another okay, guy. So, so, even why, another guy. so this is perfect because this is why I want to go from the ground zero. Yeah. So like, if I was an infographic yeah. and that's showing me the definition, but then is also showing me the major causes. Right. What What would be some of these causes? Like obviously trauma to the area. Yep. Obviously, about anxiety, mental anxiety. You know what's funny? We always say neurological. Yep. We right? always say the same things. Maintain a healthy lifestyle. We actually say that's what's actually causing this. A lot of men who have diabetes, they're major candidates for this. Yeah. So that would be on their infographic. Actually, yeah. Here, I'll give you yeah, the four I'm, I'm types one. of erectile dysfunction. Sure. So first one is what we call vasculogenic erectile dysfunction. Right. So it's something wrong with your vascular system. Your the arteries, the veins, the capillaries. Is this typically a systemic vascular system, or it's it's very localized? You know what? It's a combination of both. Okay. Um, because um, you know, to get blood into your penis, you're using a large artery called yep. the pudendal artery yep. which you know just runs kind of underneath your bum yep. uh, and then up into your penis uh, so I would say it's a combination of systemic and localized okay. trauma to an area um, so vasculogenic ED is more like uh 
arteries that are not opening up or mm-hmm. not supplying enough blood. Um, the cavernosa, which are like little chambers inside your penis. Yep. Well, like I would, I would say two two to three big tubes inside your penis and all of them contain little veins yeah. where blood goes into. So there's something wrong with the veins there. Um, maybe they're too stiff. Maybe they're not supposed to, maybe they're not opening up when they're supposed to or right. closing down when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the mechanical um, the mechanical problem with erectile dysfunction. Right. The second I would say is psychogenic. Okay. So now we're talking about relationship problems. Now mm-hmm. we're talking about anxiety um, if you're depressed. Um, the third one is um, I would call uh, I don't want to say <laughs> it's like testosterone. It's a problem with your testosterone. Okay, yeah. So it's Hormonal. more like endocrine. Something yeah. wrong with your endocrine That's system. That's right. And then the fourth one I would say is like you said, localized trauma. It's like neurogenic erectile dysfunction. Right, right. So something wrong with the nervous system. Yeah. Um, that loop that says, "Hey, I'm sexually stimulated." You know, puts a. Go through the processes to get blood to go into your penis uh, on a neurogenic scale, on a, on the neurogenic side. So I would put, you know, those are the four causes of erectile dysfunction. Cool, cool, cool. I want to lay all because because yeah. as you're saying, like no one knows this stuff. Like you're no, sitting there with the face going, I don't know this, and he's saying like dudes don't know this. So let's just put it out there step by step. By anyway, step. I mean, I don't have a penis, so is it like do I have a pass of not knowing this? Or like should I know? You this? know what? If that was the pass, a lot of guys don't have penises then because a lot of people guys don't know about this stuff yeah. like no, they don't true. know um i mean most guys especially with trauma um yeah, yeah. you know we are seeing men that are experiencing what we call peronies right which is the curvature of the penis right which is actually happening during the sexual act it can happen you know during rolling over erection at nighttime it can happen during work exercise yep. and if going untreated it just gets worse it just curves more and more and more yeah. most men ignore that as well uh colden likes to show his uh his excuse his, me his pinky actually <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. when we're do- when we're actually talking about peroni's disease um yeah they show that and gotcha, it's basically gotcha, gotcha. you guys can't see that but Colden's pinky it starts off veering to my left and then it goes very far right <laughs> so <laughs> that happened during basketball so um it, it was a dislocated finger that wasn't you know relocated the right way mm-hmm. but what it is it's built up of calcium and right. scar tissue yeah. same thing that happens with a man who has peronies on his penis yeah, yeah. and it could be as simple as you know like you like Colden said um getting an erection during the middle of the night and then rolling onto your erection not knowing about it mm-hmm. um it could be as simple as i'll give you one story so there was um a client of ours who was helping uh, his family move furniture. And while in the course of moving furniture, he was laying this like really big stove, like on his, um, on his groin area. Yep. And that caused a significant injury um, that he didn't notice until maybe uh, I would say a month or two later. Yeah. Uh, it can be as simple as getting hit in the, hit in the, in the penis. Yep. Um, so mm-hmm. another story of one of my clients is uh, when he had a, like he had a five-year-old that kicked him in the penis. <laughs> yeah. He was mad. Yeah. Mark, can you relate? <laughs> you might have a lot of guys out there with that one. <laughs> Look at his angry face right now. Our five-year-old has no boundaries. She charges at him from across the room and I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the obvious one is, um, yeah, like uh, an injury Injury happening during the uh, during intercourse, yep, yep. which um, uh, happens a I'll, lot. I'll, I'll give you actually. This is a true story. Dennis Rodman. Um, so, <laughs> there so there, there's actually Things like I don't know. Dennis Rodman <laughs> bent his penis during <laughs> sex. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, so like you know, um, this is a true story actually, and uh, this can be verified. 
I'm pretty sure if people watch pornography. Mm. So uh, there is a uh, a porn star. His name is Prince Yashua. So mm. um, he, um, well, yeah, was during during the course of intercourse, uh, the girl was riding him. I don't know if it was from behind mm-hmm. or uh, in front. Doesn't matter. Cowgirl or reverse Cow- cowgirl. Reverse reverse cowgirl. cowgirl. Yeah. Yeah. Cowgirl, cowgirl reverse cowgirl. That one down. Um, <laughs> so during the course of, Thanks you know, for uh, babe. just in case. <laughs> <laughs> during the deed, I guess she, um, yes. Yeah, sat on his penis unnaturally or it slipped out and yep. sat on his penis so it caused a significant injury um it was filmed actually mm. oh. and so um he went to the hospital uh this is his livelihood so he's like please fix it yeah um so he made a full recovery um but he continues to, and 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 actually his erection is still intact mm-hmm. um but you can tell that his the form of his penis has changed right like it used to be straight and, and now he, it's got this and upper he curvature. went to the hospital because as you said that's his, livelihood. that's his livelihood like you know that would be like me breaking a finger i'm a massage therapist i'm going to deal with that right away right. there are probably men who like something happens during intercourse with their partner and in the moment they're like fuck that hurt right but then they don't do anything about exactly. it exactly that is the story exactly. of most yep that's the yeah. story and of most. i think the quote that i say to most men is you know there's a few things you can afford in life when it comes to waiting for it to hurt or for it to break, which men usually do a lot, relationships and cars. But when it comes down to your penis, that's one place. Don't you, wait. You don't, don't, wait. Wait. don't wait. If it's broken, fix it. Fix it. <laughs> right away. Don't contemplate it. Don't offload it. Don't ask your friend about it. Just do it. Men love their penises. I could, like, what, is, what do you think is the reason? Do you mm. think it's embarrassment no, that they no. don't go? No, no. I wish it was. Men think their penises are like superheroes right like oh it's invincible they believe there's no kryptonite and unfortunately kryptonite is health <laughs> and <laughs> that's I, it health. i think mark can agree with this too um men attach their masculinity to their penis 100 percent. that is also why there are a whole bunch of dudes that just don't care right they they're asexual for the most part and in those scenarios you might have someone's like i don't care it doesn't matter but yeah he's right and and the one thing for us to clarify on the show is that erectile dysfunction isn't age associated we see men as young as 25 years old yeah the youngest client we had was um 19, 19 or 20 well yeah i mean when you're talking about the different types it, that can affect any age like yes, yeah, something old, vascular as, something neurological that can you go. that can be any age well the best part it can start kicking in even later on like men who come to us at 85 yeah actually so I, yeah, our see, this is the this is the funny thing about it, is that it has nothing to do with age no. it's your health it's your health and if men were taught to be more proactive about the health which we're not we're asked to be superheroes Right. And wait for the kryptonite to come out of somewhere. That's unfortunate because a lot of men who come to us, the they have markers that show us that, hey, OK, this is happening. And they're falling down traditional pathways, which is waiting too long, not having a doctor. Most of them don't. Right. And that's a big part because they don't know if diabetes might be driving this problem or something else. So there's a lot of other issues that are, that are at hand. Well, I think a lot of the messaging in general is that you want to have a certain maintenance of health, but then in that definition of health, you also have to make sure that it's understood that sexual health falls in in that category of just being health. Like if yes. I was to ask any one of my friends to define health, I guarantee 90% of them would not say anything about sexual health. 99.9. Right? They would talk and, about physical and, health. They talk but, about mental, mental health. health. They wouldn't talk about sexual this health. This is the problem that your sexual health is 
directly connected to your mental exactly, health. Yep. This is like <laughs> it's not, mental and this physical. Is, it's all connected. It's all peanut connected. butter and jelly, right? So to not connect the two, I mean, okay, let's let's be honest, right? Let's put it on a table. When we talk about Movember, what are you told? What are you what what is that about? Right? What's that real campaign about? It's about what, prostate awareness, right? Yeah. Okay. Well and what? Mental health as well, right? Yes. Well secretly tucked under that campaign is Sexual health. Mm-hmm. If your prostate's removed or operated on, what gets compromised? Your sexual health. Yeah. If your sexual health is compromised, what's then compromised? Your mental health. So the fact that Movember is not even a champion call for erectile dysfunction is ridiculous to that degree, right? If the conversation is literally tucked away in every better, you know, larger conversation. It's almost as a, a footnote. When in reality, it should be yeah. the thing that is called for all young men. I mean, if I had an uncle who said, hey, you know, you should protect that. You know, if you're not seeing that get hard every morning, you know, you should really look at what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I wonder if men ever think about that. Like you said, that's one of the first signs is if there isn't an erection in the morning. How many men probably wake up and they don't, but they don't think anything of it because in the moment they're not thinking about sex. Exactly. So they don't think there's an issue. Exactly. But I tell men, if that thing is not hidden to sink in the morning, <laughs> right? <laughs> I see how Mark laughed right. So <laughs> that that is not a cultural thing. <laughs> that is humankind. If that Things not hitting the sink <laughs> in the morning on a regular basis. Hey, that's a red flag. There's a red flag, yeah. and guys should literally be told stuff like that. Your penis is a report card to your health. How's yeah, that? Actually, yeah. One of the practitioners that I used to work with he used to say that uh, your penis is a compass for your overall health. The canary so, in the coal man. Yeah, basically. So if there's something wrong with your penile activity, then you should probably look at other aspects of your health, uh, be it, you know, hormonal. So, you know, testosterone or, um, you know, it maybe you're obese or overweight or maybe it's diabetes that, you know, it's undetected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, or maybe it's your mental health. Maybe uh, you have to check in with your relationships. Our bodies are literally always telling us things. And we as humans have an unbelievable ability to ignore everything oh, it's saying. Oh, my God. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Hell like, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. To be honest, it's actually ridiculous. It because... took me three months to go see a a doctor. I went to both my naturopathic doctor and my GP within a week span, but mm-hmm. three months after getting this crazy inflammation in my eyes. Like, these are my three eyes. Three months. Right? And you want to and go I just, Stevie Wonder. I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> she was fine. Oh, it's fine. I'll be fine. Mark, she was fine, man. <laughs> I'll be fine. I go blind. <laughs> I may see you no more. <laughs> but, oh, my Lord. <laughs> but this is like, I just kept thinking, it's not a big deal. I could, it, well, I mean, it thing. wasn't in my eyes. It was it's all because around <laughs> You have have a very small population of people. They need everything to be working properly all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll accept something on my car not working well. It's the way it is, right? But someone else, small population, there's nothing wrong with them. I got to take the mechanic right away. For me, fuck, the engine turns on. it, It goes in gear. I can drive. Okay. So... It's not very surprising that I do that with my body. It really isn't surprising at all. You're right. right? I guess I would ask you both, what do you guys feel about the next generation of healthcare now that doctors are referring away more? It's harder to get a doctor. So more people are relying on what we call Dr. Google. 
right? So what do you guys see with regards to healthcare when it comes to stuff like that? I think education is the biggest thing. And that's why, like, I'm glad we do, you know, we started off the podcast talking about, like, we think we bring more good than anything. But the reason we like to have these conversations is so people can understand these things. Like, this is stuff I would have never thought. Again, I don't have a penis, so it doesn't affect me. But if, and I don't have a son, so again, it doesn't affect me. (laughs) But... If there are men listening who like are suddenly getting this light bulb go off, like, well, wait a second, like these are things that I never thought of. And like you said, it's related to both your mental health and your physical health. Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe you have undetected diabetes. Maybe there's some sort of neurological problem you have. Maybe there's even a systemic circulation problem you have. Like these are warning signs. Your body's talking to you. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're talking about healthcare going forward, people just need to actually be educated to know what things not to ignore and not getting everything from Dr. Google or TikTok. Right. Um, the right. only positive I'm seeing from it being more difficult to get a doctor, I'm I'm a big fan of, of doctors. Like I'm Me not too. saying that you Me shouldn't too. have them, but I also am a huge fan of like naturopathic doctors and alternative health care and how wellness, we look at it. We right? Look at yeah. it as, we look at it as a holistic approach yes. to yeah. health. There's, it's, if there's someone's talking to you about silver bullet, that's already suspicious, right? For us, we believe there's, there's many people involved in the treating of the men that we see. Right after we've treated them physically, right with which we're using acoustic sound wave therapy, which Josh will talk about more of. Yeah. But once we've done that, we're we're definitely concerned about their mental health as well. Some men are seeking therapy, you know, psychological therapy while they're taking treatment with us. Some of us, some of the men see their treatment with us as psychological treatment. Mm. Right. Their time just treating the problem relieves the stress. Right. So for them, there's that placebo effect as well emotionally. So it's really a benefit on both sides of the table. So let's do this. Let's let's walk through. And I want to start here because I want to be able to compare and contrast. I want you to walk me through what it would be like for conventional therapy. Right. What typically happens, which is probably not what you guys do, I'm assuming. Right. right? I want to hear what happens through more conventional means first. Go ahead, Josh. We're just talking about the pathway that men go through when they identify they have erectile dysfunction. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if, yeah, like, let's say guys go two, three years noticing that, you know, my erection isn't what it should be. Um, So maybe they'll consult a doctor. Uh, That's already pretty hard for some men yep if they Definitely. if they get there <laughs> um maybe some men will actually uh use some services like um felix or up guys or um what are wh- tell me what this is felix so, so these are so what men traditionally do is if they even if they meet with a doctor traditionally what they will be engaged with is a drug okay that's the first first point of engagement right a drug traditional pathway the men aren't told that this drug is a drug. So like all drugs, they lose their effectiveness right, over right, time, right? right? Okay. But they're not told this. So they end up relying on this drug. Um, some men who traditionally don't like to take in drugs, yep. ignore them and watch the problem get worse. Okay. The men that do take the drugs, the problem get, just continues to be hidden. And then after the drug stops, they go back to the doctor. The doctor usually writes a prescription or, or whatnot, uh, a time for them to go see their urologist. Which takes forever, by the way. Okay, obviously. so that's the pathway. I go see my doctor. The first thing is, here's, some here's some drugs. Here's go some away. drugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go here's away. some drugs, go away. Now come back. This is what someone's paying me to give out. Okay, why yeah. not? <laughs> exactly. actually, actually, the hardest part is that that's the traditional pathway. So trying to break the tradition. Right. 
is the hard part. Okay, so I go away, I pop pills. Works for a bit. It works for a bit. And then I find myself at some point going, wow, I'm, I'm regressing. Yeah. So now sure. I go back to the doctor. He says, go see the urologist. Which takes forever. So now I'm sitting in this erectile dysfunction, just waiting. Which the, most guys are doing. And they okay. still will wait for the urologist. Trust me, they will. They'll keep popping these pills until the urologist comes to them and says, well, which pills have you been popping? And they'll say, well, I was using Viagra. And then he'll say, well, I got some Cialis. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or he'll say, right? you know, you know? Cialis isn't working, then let's try Levitra. Yeah. Right? Or if Levitra doesn't work, then they'll say, okay, maybe we have to go a little bit more uh, a little bit aggressive. More it's, aggressive. The, it's the same story so, as women in birth control. There yeah. you go. Oh, this one doesn't work? Let's try this Thank one. Oh, this you. one doesn't work? Let's try Thank this one. Thank you. So then they say, oh, the drugs aren't working? Well, let's try, try in injections. injections. Tell me about injections. So um, they usually inject um, PRP. Okay. So protein-rich plasma. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can also inject nitroglycerin. Okay. So to actually help vasodilate your penis, mm-hmm. you can yeah, say, yeah. just get more blood flow in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also leads to another problem, which we talked about before, Peroni's plaque. Yeah, and so, uh, how, you know. How frequent are these injections, whether it's nitroglycerin or PRP? How frequent do you do them? Yeah. yeah well, um, some of them you can take what we call PRN. So just like um, a nurse will teach you how to inject, and then you can inject yourself before the act of sex. Yeah, can you imagine how that date looks like? This is injection per erection? Yeah, Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is, I like how he said that. I've never heard that pitch that way. Injection per erection. Injection per erection. Erection. And um, That's a good tagline. uh, Just going on what I was saying about Peroni's plaque, so imagine an IV user hitting the same spot uh, each time. You're going to develop scar tissue. So same thing, you know, uh, I had a gentleman who used Trimix, which is a... uh, a medication men use for erectile dysfunction. Yeah. He was injecting himself all over his penis, Ooh. and by the time that I saw him, his penis like it felt like I don't, like like a tube of rocks. Right, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It was crazy. Disgusting. Are they warned about this? Like you know how when you get medication no. from a doctor, you, like you're given no. a, a no. pamphlet that's seventy thousand no. pages there's, long. There's no way nobody's they, reading no, it. Well, the the sheer fact Listen. that we can all sit here in this one room and know that no drug lasts forever, right? We can agree yeah. on this, right? Well. Do men want sex not to last for? Well, that's ever? the thing, right? So, <laughs> so but I'm talking regard- about the, regardless, regardless, regardless of what this package is saying to me. To be honest short with term. you, I'm like, this is what I'm going to use to get my no, dick of course, hard. Of course, you're going to do it. I my get dick it. getting hard is more important than the, this fucking side effects right now. Yeah, they don't so, care because what, I don't what, care. What, what we're being sold is eternal health in a package. That's what they're being sold. No, no I, one's I, saying, I, and I that's a problem. All that. my, my question is more like something like, you know, all the scar tissue developing and then having yes. a, peni- a a rock penis. Yes. Are they explained that or is it sort of no, like glazed even, over like any other But I mean, even, no. even if, glazed even, over if, even even if talked you about. are to explain it and you ask most dudes, would you rather oh, have, would you rather have a rock it. penis that works a little bit yeah, more than yeah. a penis that don't work at all? He's They'd right. be like, I'd fucking right. rock, I'd rock penises he's all right. day long. And that's why these, that's, and he's absolutely right. And that's why men are at risk because of that understanding that the industry looks at it just like he does, which is they're going to buy anything. I could bottle anything and say it's going to help his sexual health. 
he's going to buy it or at especially, least try it. Especially if he's getting meh, 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 at home from the partner oh, yeah. who's like, why don't but you want to have sex? Even all, right. even all that aside, like you're saying before, like that's how you identify as being a fucking masculine person, right? Yeah. And so like I've been accused of toxic masculinity like crazy. <laughs> and, 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 I, it's so weird to me what because I, I like fast cars, motorcycles and and, and, and bikinis. Like yeah. it's, it's toxic. But in which way? It's because it's so connected. It's like that is the token of my masculinity. So you're you're left with okay, you're gonna be your your normal masculine self, Mark, or pff, no, something else, bro. Well, you know, and, and you're right, Mark. And even to another de- definition of this, we say to a lot of men, and we speak to a lot of men from different backgrounds. We understand that sex is usually th- defined by you know your religion, right? Ego background, right? Um, um, cultural, cultural, right? These things define your sexual rewards right and that is a big part of it too we have people who are are not seeking health um you know health sexual health awareness because of a religious belief about sex right we have to look at stuff like that we have men who who think on an ego level that they shouldn't look at this oh i shouldn't have a problem i like women or you know but that's not the problem it's it's all over the map it's all over the map you're absolutely right mark it's all over the map another and i'll give you another example um so uh there's a guy that got into an arranged marriage Mm. right and what if in your arranged marriage you're not attracted to the person that you're you know you're arranged to be married with and you're expected to produce a baby yeah so it's like you know, if I'm not sexually attracted to this woman, like, is there anything that can help me get, you know, achieve this? You no. know what I mean? Well, you're talking about traditional pathways. Like, they'll go to a doctor and say, like, can I have some pills? Well, they this? might, but even worse is the psychological trauma of having to to produce an erection <laughs> right. when you don't want you to. You don't want to. And the, the, the pressure of that, right? And now that's the first time that person's ever engaged in a sexual act or encounter. That now has set the baseline for them. Right. right. So but there's a big part of this that's about psychology because men, let's be honest, and something that I say to a lot of men, and you talk about fast cars and whatnot, it's actually a metaphor we say. We say, you know, think of your, 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 your penis like a car, okay? You know, when you're young, it's a candy apple red Ferrari, bro. Okay, when you see that, you jump in and and you turn it on, boom, and you're gone off the lot. You push Goals. it as hard as you want, yeah. right? Right, Mark. You push your hard as well. But you want to know something? Let me tell you something. When we see you, which is the average man, fifty-three, right? I'll say forty-eight to fifty-three years old. Listen, man. When you when I see you. You're still a candy apple red Ferrari, bro. You really are. <laughs> but you want to know something? You haven't been to the mechanic in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, a little tune up. Now, some maintenance. Now, now when you when you jump in that car, you need to warm it up a little before <laughs> before you push it out, right? And now when you're on the now when you're on the highway, you're afraid to push it. You're not even sure if it's gonna break, right? So it's just like a car. And so what we tell men is treat it like a car, maintain it like a car. Mm. We are your garage essentially right yeah, i'm your so mechanic we're, we're your mechanic yeah, your oh mechanic. we're gonna we're gonna fix you up we're gonna give you a tune-up but you know what if you don't take care of your car i'll be seeing you again yeah it's yeah. we're not just you know it's not <laughs> like you go to a mechanic and you get the problem fixed and you don't do the maintenance like uh, i don't just give you the treatment and then off you go and you know Hopefully this thing is going to work. Right. No, there are things, there's education, there's practices, there's uh, post-care that needs to be done mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. in order to maintain and get the best results from our acoustic. Okay, okay so let's 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 go back to the conventional. So injections was 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 Probably that last movie one. we talked about. Yeah. 
Is there anything that happens if the it, once we get to the point of like hmm, it's not really working the same Golden as it did was? A whole ladder. Oh yeah, there's still there's, more. There's After more. the injections, um, they then now they give you the pump. Okay, so talk to me about the pump. Ahead, so John. yeah, you're basically using vacuum. Yep. Um, you're basically yeah taking a tube, putting yep. it over your penis, mm-hmm. and creating vacuum in order to force blood into your penis, and uh, you're expected to hold that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good like, luck. Good luck. So imagine yeah. <laughs> if you're already having trouble, you know. <laughs> Getting the erection. Do they amazing. sell the pumps and the cock ring together? Because yes. that would be gold if they did. Yes, yes they, they do. do. Okay. They, do. they do. And in our clinic, that makes sense. <laughs> we actually have a penis pump in our clinic. You're right. And uh, it's only like one of, I believe, two that are actually researched, hmm. um, you know, with medical, yeah. you know, in the medical community. And it does come with a cock ring. Yeah. Correct. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, is that the scientific name? Yeah, you could say yeah. a ring. <laughs> cock ring. <laughs> a, a ring. I, I, I really don't know what it says in the research. Yes, that's, that's your right <laughs> and then you know the next thing after after a pump is you know uh, itemize that bill Cochrane. Cochrane. <laughs> actually <laughs> 5899 <laughs> actually let's take a step back so um you know uh instead of uh going to the doctor first and asking for the pills like men look for um so, uh, natural ways to enhance their erections, right? So maybe eating certain foods okay, or okay, okay, supplementing okay. Uh, things that'll you know up your testosterone. Yeah, you know you're, say, be, you're saying that honest, like it's all ridiculous. No, no, let's be honest though. Let's be honest. Most men don't do that. Most <sighs> men try to. Men I know would never do. That. That's what they I'm would saying. Want the drugs now, right away. Now we understand <laughs> that Josh is right. Yeah, they may partake in it a bit. They do try to have a valiant effort, but they do fall back on traditional. Shortcuts. Yeah, I think someone would do that because of possibly the embarrassment of having to go see your medical professional about something right. you're just not comfortable talking about. Right. So then you're like, I'm going to Google this shit. It says eat a lot of fucking That's carrots. Right. I'm like, I'm yeah. buy all the fucking carrots. Okay, but I need to know, are there... Are any of these valid? Like, so for example, you know when there are like, probably things that are valid for like increasing blood flow and blah blah blah. So, blah, but those right? are the things I want to know. Like when I was pregnant with our first child, mm-hmm. I, she was born fourteen days late. Right, and you know, of course, every single day, my midwife saying like, "Do you want an induction? Do you want an induction?" And I was like, "No, I'm gonna naturally get this kid out." So you know, I'm doing all the all I'm putting in air quotes the things right, that are right. gonna get labor moving. Right, right, right. and I mean. Nothing fucking worked. She wanted to live in there forever. So are there actual natural remedies that have any kind of evidence or even anecdotally that possibly could help with somebody with ED? Josh, you could talk on this, but I look at every guy uniquely. And so does Josh. We look at each man uniquely. I think that's the problem is that people are given these cookie cutter approaches to their their health yeah it depends what type of i'm sure you have yeah right exactly it depends and and so you know there are things there are um if you visit if you visit a naturopath or um you Mm -hmm. know they'll they'll prescribe you things they'll say maca root is great l-arginine is great Mm -hmm. um Anything that will uh, naturally increase your testosterone levels, anything that will increase uh, blood flow. Right, right. Um, so if you'll blood, be on a combination. If blood flow of and stuff. testosterone are the problem. If right. that's a problem. But right. again, for us, we see it as a holistic it approach. It, and but we it want be. to make sure they're, they're connecting with each part of the community that might be the answer to that approach. We don't know. So that's why it's important to go to a naturopath. It's important to go to their doctor. We need to figure it out, right? It's not a silver bullet. And so for a lot of men, that's where you tell them, to at least have a bulletproof vest with regards to your health. Drink lots of water. Run a lot. Think about all the things you did when you were young 
without being asked to do it. And how you start to do different things when you got older. Now you're being asked to do the things you were doing when you were younger. Right, yeah. Right? Move That's more. What... There, there is a question I have about that, but I want Mark to get to the end of the, the chain. Yeah, after, I want to know. What, what comes after, after the after pump? The... Oh, <laughs> so now we're really getting extreme. Now we're talking about- um, Emergency. Su- yeah, surgeries. So like um, getting a artificial pump. Okay. inside your penis right, and right, I've right. seen one actually yep. um, in my time in the hospital uh, I worked on a long term care floor for a little bit and a guy was telling me that he had a pump in his penis and I'm like really like okay where is this pump and it's like yeah it's like kind of in my testicular area yeah, yeah. so I'm like okay what do you want me to do with this like I'm about to put a catheter in you this isn't gonna make any difference yeah, yeah. and he's like well you know let me just show you so yeah. he just, <laughs> Presses, you know, in between his testicles, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, this artificial erection happens. So I, I know nothing. I'm asking this out of like pure wonderment. Use the, the word no wonderment. Idea. Wonderment. <laughs> um, like I know, for example, for trans men who get bottom surgery and then have a penis, there's some sort of pump so they could actually perform sexually. Is this like similar to that idea, similar. or Correct. do they have like? the initial pump you were talking about or is it like no it's similar to that idea similar to that that idea idea. yeah the the other pump's more of a vacuum okay right 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 and a vacuum wouldn't work got it got it i'm I'm paying attention (laughs) um actually like another surgery that can be done is um i don't know if men know this but really like the exposed part of our penis it's really only half of our penis a lot of our penis is inside and so um uh men go to urologists to get the surgery so that they can get that that bottom half that's not seen exposed more. Okay. You're okay. basically pulling it up basically. Right, yeah. right, so yeah. that's another surgery that, that can be done. How does that help with the erection? Oh, well, I, I, well, that's well, the thing. Uh, you still need to produce an erection, but I guess you have more length. Yeah. You can say. start. Then you put I'll, a splint on it. I'll and then you say that. Longer and I could say at this point that at the end of the road is surgery and it's no longer the most popular end to the road anymore. It's not being recommended at all. When we think about what the byproduct of a surgery, scar tissue, yeah, restriction yeah. of blood flow. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. directly the problem. So, so it's really short-term, a very short-term solution. It's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious yeah. cycle for a lot of men. And that's why we really to tell them that it's about protecting their health. Yeah, You right? get scar tissue removed from your penis. Uh, you make an incision. Guess what? Another scar tissue pops up where you had the incision. Right. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. So sorry, yeah. All that's right. a short-term. Tell, tell, tell me what you guys do now. So uh, we do... Um, the popular term uh, that you'll hear out in the wild, in pop, you know, popular culture, you'll hear acoustic wave therapy. Okay, pause, pause, pause. Does my doctor refer me to you guys? We could get doctors referred, you but you could call But typically, I'm finding, I'm finding you You're guys. Self-referring. You're self-referring. So I call you up and I say, hey, I, I think I got some problems down below. Yep. And then what? Is it? A, is there a consultation? Like, Tell, yes. me, tell me how this um, goes. So tell the first thing for us, it's important that we're, we're again, um, acting the first point of contact for information. So if uh, a man is calling us, we tell them that, number one, this treatment isn't for everyone. We're not a candidate. Not, right? not everyone's a candidate. Okay. Number two, um, for us to ensure that we are I, you know, identifying the right or best candidate, we're going to do a two-point assessment, which means we'll ask some questions over the phone, get an understanding of where what where you are along this traditional pathway without giving me the questions give me a basic idea of so of most what's of, the content um so 
just history? history history like just health history or age you know, your um, age um how long have you been experiencing the symptom for okay um have you had any surgeries in that region Never Are tried you any drugs? okay just gathering data that really, yeah really you okay. know, high level stuff and then um once we figure out that okay there's there a potential candidate we'll ask them to come in for an in-person assessment because okay. there's oh so much you can gather over a conversation right, right? right right um and as we always say over the phone you know everything you hear is what you see <laughs> so so now i'm coming and who am i seeing what's what's the designation of the person i'm talking you'll to? be seeing josh and uh essentially he'll be doing the assessment in person are you the person that does the assessments at your clinic yeah i am and okay, um cool. we i do have medical oversight right um right. i do have uh, a urologist that's on our board of directors yeah um that basically kind of okays everything that i'm doing right um like he is a urologist but he doesn't know much about what i do right, so right, he's right. referring to me as the expert gotcha and i can tell you um with pretty good confidence that i've probably racked up the most amount of hours um doing this treatment yeah. in the gta that's cool maybe even ontario i would say mm -hmm. all right maybe so now, Canada. now now i'm sitting with you and and we're talking. What do we? Is it? It's 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 similar to the stuff on the phone. How is it different to the stuff on oh, the phone? Yeah, it's, it's similar. So you know, um, Colden comes to me uh, with the client. Yeah. Well, well, Colden gives me a little bit of background on the client. So right. maybe the age. Um, if he's a diabetic, has he had any surgery in the area? Okay. And then I do a little bit of uh, like collection of health history. Yeah. So we go through um, a physical. So I do like um, yeah. Ask for your health history. Yep. Are you a diabetic? Yep. Um, what type of work do you do? Have you had any injuries? to the area cool. um like questions that will help me figure out what type of ed you are experiencing is so, there a physical examination as well then there is a physical examination especially okay. if you're coming in because you're complaining of um a curvature in your penis right. or um, you know that you have peroni's disease so we're talking visual inspection palpation type of correct thing. okay yes and we also use an ultrasound to listen for blood flow okay so i put it at the base of your penis i put it along the shaft of your penis yeah um it's and it's a doppler ultrasound so nothing visual just right, i'm kind of right. listening for blood flow to see if it's compromise right um so that's one part and then i do a physical palpation just to see if there's any um, if i can feel any stiffness of artery stiffness of vessel yeah anywhere i'm gonna pause you really quick can you can you give me the sound of normal blood flow and then give me the sound of <laughs> i'm serious i want i'm kind of curious it's like giving the sound of what a dolphin would sound well, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be sound i'm talking I, I more, I'm, to that. I'm, talk <laughs> I'm talking i'm talking more I don't know. I want to. I want to just have an idea. Whether even if it's just rhythm, like I don't know. Um, right. It's something. like sounds. Go ahead, I don't. Go. I don't care if the tone is right. It sounds like it sounds like static, like when you're on a TV. Like yeah. what's, what's the difference between? Because you said you're, you're, you're. What's the difference between a normal blood flow and, and 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 dysfunctional blood flow? I would really say it's not about rhythm. Yeah, it's more about, um, like the volume. Okay, you know what I mean. Gotcha. Is it is it aggressive? Is it loud? Gotcha. You know what I mean. If it's like really weak, yeah. like if I'm pressing down yeah. with my um with my ultrasound wand, yeah, yeah. and I'm not hearing anything yeah. in kind of what we call your perineal region and yeah. the perineal arteries, yeah, yeah. then I know that okay. you have a vascular problem. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. But if it's forceful, 
then I know that maybe it's a psychological thing. Maybe it's something on top of your penis. Maybe, maybe it's right. something on the actual penis. Right. We know it's just not. It's not blood flow. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I know stupid questions, but I'm no. curious. I'm curious when you're like, hey man, I, I I I'll be able to tell if it's. I'm just curious, like, how do you know? And actually, yeah, depending on where I put the wand, I can say, hey, maybe you have some compromised blood flow in your left perineal artery right, or right, your right. right perineal artery, or mm-hmm. maybe it's mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I can kind of recommend a course of treatment for cool, you, cool, something cool. that we'll focus on during treatment. All right. So now we've we've done we've done our our consultation, the examination. Mm-hmm. You determine what what's next. So now I can figure out whether or not this is a vascular okay. erectile dysfunction. Is it something psychogenic? Mm-hmm. Is it something hormonal? Okay. So um can we go through all of these and talk about like what would the course of treatment be for all of these? Like, right. If you yeah. So um like to be honest, we treat pretty much just the vascular erectile okay. dysfunction. So if I know that your blood flow is comp- sorry, your blood flow to your penis is being compromised in certain areas, right. um, either through palpation, so like feeling that there's stiffened arteries or stiffened veins in certain places, yeah. or uh, you know, oscillating it. Uh, sorry, hearing it on the ultrasound. Right. Um, Can I ask you? Sorry, when you're palpating and it's stiff, is it also tender for the for the client? Some, you know, if it's a Peroni's plaque, yeah, then yes, it can hurt definitely. Okay. Um, but usually, you know, what I'm doing is I'm taking like the um, the head of the penis. Yep. I'm pulling it straight outwards. Okay. And there should be a, a uniformity. Yeah. To the penis. Right. But then you can get to a certain area and you're like, oh, this feels kind of weird or right. this feels more stiff than the rest of your penis. It, it, it should feel squishy, you yeah. could say. Yeah. But if there's like a toughness, I'm like, oh, okay. So you might have had some trauma there right, or, right. hey, um, this is this part of your cavernosa, this part of your vein is has stiffened over time. Right. I don't know if it's diabetes or what, but um, then I can determine like, you know. I'll give you a treatment and we'll focus on this area. Or I can just give you a general treatment for everything. So since you guys deal primarily with vascular, talk to me about this treatment now. Okay. So basically, um, the popular term from it, for it is acoustic sound wave therapy, sound wave therapy, shock wave therapy. Shock wave therapy. Probably shock wave therapy is the most popular prob- term. The popular term. I okay. mean, uh, with the, within the physiotherapy space, I'm sure that yeah. you guys use shock wave therapy. I was therapy. like... Yeah. I've I've had shockwave on my elbow. That's very uncomfortable. Talk to me about it. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. So uh, I can I can break it down for you guys since you guys uh, have a little bit of uh, background on shockwave therapy. We, we have a shockwave course here. Beautiful. Okay. Nice. All right. So in terms of these shockwaves, there's two types of shockwaves. There's mm-hmm. a radial shockwave and there's a focus or um, a focal shockwave. So the radial shockwave, the way that I can explain it is, it doesn't go as deep it kind of spreads out a little bit more, covers more surface area. Okay. And the difference between that and focal shockwave is focal shockwave kind of focuses in, like like it's in the word, focuses in one area and yeah. goes really, it goes deeper. It's more, uh, there's more depth to the treatment. Okay. And why are we doing this? We're doing this for a couple of reasons. So number one, um, the actual uh, impact yeah. of shockwave yeah. will actually cause increased blood flow to an area. Okay, right? Even just through system, just through the inflammatory process, you right, could say. Right, right. If I take a football, if I take a baseball, and I throw it at your head, what's going to happen? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So just 
you know, I'm hitting you. Creating eight, an inflammatory response. Correct. 8,000 times along, you know, yeah. your perineum region and your penis. Yeah. We are going to get some blood blow going in there for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. This, is getting, this is getting aggressive. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, and then, oh, so now, so that's kind of like surface level how this thing works. But right, right. what we're looking for is kind of like the long-term solution. Right. So how often do I come for for this um it so depends it, we start men off with four to six sessions so you're coming once once a week, once a week? for okay. four to six weeks okay. um it's only 15 minutes you're only 15 minutes okay, okay. uh and um initially the first machine that we were using um we were using a radio shockwave machine right it feels like a tiny jackhammer yeah. like think of like you know like the hyper ice machine yeah, yeah. um but like way more intense it's 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 not a yeah. nice massage right. it's really it's impactful yeah. and most men you know they tolerate it some men we have to make a little bit of a concoction like we use a uh, aura gel and just numbing uh, cream, numbing numbing cream. cream. Yeah. or we take menthol and mix it with aura gel and put yeah, it yeah. on their penis just to kind of numb them a little bit yeah, yeah. um but yeah impact so um the first thing is yeah the inflammatory process getting blood flow into the penis right mm -hmm. but the the root what we want to do is actually create angiogenesis or neovascularization. Mm. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do is um, fix the veins that are affected yep. and then create new, new capillaries, pathways. new pathways. Yep. Correct. So basically, what we're doing is we're breaking things down a little bit to well fix them and then enhance them, mm. you could that, say. Yeah, that's why it's important that we're picking good candidates because imagine if we're taking someone who isn't taking care of their body, right? Um, we're not really going to help them. The building blocks and what's required, to, um, we're just building a bad building again, right? So That's kind of leading into the question I had before when I said it, but Sorry. I want to yeah. let Mark you know, mm -hmm. get the rest of it, mm -hmm. is uh, Colden, you especially keep bringing up lifestyle and health and taking care of your health. And I... I know we we hear things on TV like so for example I have always heard that like cigarette smokers are at a higher risk it's of there. erectile dysfunction like when it comes to lifestyle choices or thing or um other you know cofactors or whatever other diseases like, like diabetes you guys have mentioned multiple times right. what are things that men should be aware of that put them at a greater risk for having this type of erectile dysfunction? That's a great question. Um, I think that some markers that we have found are occupational. Yes. So truckers, regardless of the age, they're at risk for erectile dysfunction. This is going to sound really stupid, but because they're sitting all day? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Correct. As something as simple as that. Some, yeah. Something as simple as being sedentary mm -hmm. yeah, in your job. In your job for long periods of time. What about truckers who go to the gym after work? Good Doesn't luck. matter? Good luck. I, we rarely see them. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a trucker. If, you, if, you, if the truckers go to the gym, they're not seeing their family. So we rarely see those ones. But we do encourage truckers to take note of the fact that they are at risk regardless of their age and that they should find ways within their their occupation to take a break do exercising outside of the truck Move more, more yeah, importantly more. they're on a route where they're eating bad food along their journey that's a bigger risk so food is a big yeah. risk food preparation concerns. think of all the things i used to tell a lot of guys um you know maybe a way to look at it is all the erections that you're enjoying in your teenage years and in your 20s or probably based off of a good healthy childhood <laughs> so like, all, not good healthy teenage and early adult years that's yeah. when they're drinking and you know going to mcdonald's at two and in the morning. that's why 
around 40 years old, you're going to start seeing other problems, right? So it's just about health. I think we say men have been living off their laurels, right? Which is essentially that they don't know why they get erections. They just know that they like them and that they think they last forever. And when they stop lasting forever, they fall down to these, you know, archaic assumptions that must be that I don't like this person anymore. Well, and you brought up earlier age. People do definitely associate something like ED with age. age. They think it's, oh, I'm I'm getting older. This must be normal. But you you talked about like 85 year olds being patients, right? So I mean, it's just because you're in your, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, wherever, and you think like, oh, I'm getting older. So it's normal that I don't sustain erections it's not you see, normal you right see, you see and see that sentence that you said right there and that kind of opens up the conversation to something else which is we talked about what sets the standard of your psychological reward around sex right religion personal ego and culture well what if we took culture as a as a fun place to play around with well certain cultures celebrate sex right until you're in the grave right so you're not going through ED through psychological stress. <laughs> it's it's not because someone doesn't want to give it to you. It's not even because that partner doesn't see the health benefit for you in that culture. Man, you're stressed. Let's go have some sex, right? That's happening in other cultures. It might not be a big westernized thing where most men are complaining that they have to tap the shoulder of their other significant other and ask for sex, <laughs> right? That's a total different psychological conundrum right and that's something we we talk about with men because we see so many different men come from so many different backgrounds that we understand the psychological conundrum for them and trying to figure out why they should seek help right and that's the bigger part it it comes from all angles i was just looking at marcus he looks so deep in thought right now (laughs) and it moves beyond it moves completely beyond the act of sex completely Right. I think a lot of people just equate, you know, uh, 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 an erection and sex and blah. it's way fucking deeper than that. Oh, yeah, it is. It's like I may never have sex again, but if I don't function, then I feel fucking like useless. Do you see what I'm saying? If I know I can function, but I never have sex again, I'm still OK. I don't feel useless. I don't feel like I'm not a fucking <laughs> I'm not I'm not the way I should be. I don't but feel like I'm I feel like I'm not normal. Do you see what I'm saying? And he's right. I'd rather He's right. I, 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 so it's it's way it's it, sex is a big part of it, but I think even deeper than that is just you just don't feel like you're fucking normal. But see, when he says normal for me, I think a lot of people just don't acknowledge the benefits of sex. And well, don't want to really I'm, talk I'm, about. I'm not, I'm not even like, take it's away there from to that. release to relieve stress. I'm not even. I'm <laughs> I mean, not, like, not going to take away from that. But imagine, like, what's the one thing that you're like? This makes me a fucking woman. This makes me what I am. Or this is a massive part of what I am. Putting me on the spot right now. <laughs> you can make up anything. It doesn't, doesn't have to be real. Pretend your name is Kathy and tell me something it's, different. Then. Pretend my name is Kathy. Right. All right. Just, <laughs> just say anything, Kathy. anything you want. What, right? what makes you a woman? What, what makes you it doesn't even have to be what makes you, what makes you exactly. a woman. But, uh, but, but, but what, what about that one thing that you're going to mention that makes you a woman also makes you feel okay. normal and I, you. I will I will give you and not everybody will agree with this, but for example, last night you and I were absolutely destroyed, right? Like we we've just had a really stressful three weeks. We were so tired. We were laying in bed. We're watching reruns of how I met your mother. Oh okay? my gosh. Yeah. Because that's what we do when both of us are like 
life sucks right now and we need to just like do something to turn off our brains. Right. right? So we're watching a rerun of How I Met Your Mother. And it was the episode where the Robin character who never wanted children, who like doesn't even like children, finds out she can't have children. Yeah. And it fucking destroys her. Right. And I think for a lot of women, it's just that same idea that my body doesn't function the way it's supposed to function. Right. And right. part of and all of that is like is is you, it's your identity ra- right. is wrapped but, into but that. But you're right, but there's a bigger problem because your identity changes as you get older. Yeah. And this is a part men are having a hard time with because no one's talking to them about it. What sex looks like to you at 20 isn't the same sex you're when, you're, be, when you're 45, 50. When you're There's a lot more things that come out the box. There's a lot less surprises that in, that you, now you have to almost reset your reward system. And that's what's at risk for the men as they wait to deal with their erectile dysfunction. What's at risk is their current reward system. Once they realize that the things that used to turn them on don't turn them on right away because of a physical problem, they start to question their psychological question principles. Literally. And that's why we want to get to men early. Waiting too long starts to mess with your head. Absolutely. I'm okay with the physical problem. We can deal with that. That's what we're here for. But that's why we're asking men to be, be more proactive. That's why we're here to talk about the conversation. Because once men start to really think about, they'll start thinking, wait a second, I'm going to protect the thing that matters the most, my mental state. That's the real engine to everything mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. my body. Right? No, I agree. I'm with you on that. I like what you said, Bark, that... Um, your penis is like the token of your masculinity, right? I'll say that, yeah, yeah. It is for me, anyway. Yeah, it's it's might some... not be for someone else, but it is for me. Yeah, it's like uh, Mark's I can... all about big dick energy. You said you said a candy apple Ferrari, and I was like, no, I'm thinking more big black suburban. <laughs> <laughs> the Escalade. <laughs> no, but that's what it is, right? It's. If my erection is working the way that I want it to, I feel good. I feel good. I'm a man. And it has nothing to do with even having sex. Yeah. Right? It's like I'm I'm, hitting the sink. Hitting the sink. I'm 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 normal. I'm me. I'm I'm normal. But the, the the joke is it should also mean I'm healthy, I'm strong. I'm living. So that's the messaging, right? That's yeah. that's that that sexual health's got to be tied into the overall concept of health all yeah. the time. Yeah. If you feel good, you have an erection, that means you're healthy. In all levels, it's ironic. Sexual health is never talked about. And, you know, we've, as we said at the beginning, we've done episodes with all sorts of people. And we have done episodes where we've talked about sexual health. We had, uh, oh my goodness, what was her name? We had a couple Gaia. people on, yeah. That was one of them. Like, we've had people on talking about this. Yeah. Um, she's not, a sexual, not she's specifically. A sex coach. Yes. Oh. Yes. But not she's specifically doing like a crazy, with men. Uh, she's though. doing a crazy, it's like, getaway. Sex coach for men. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, not, <laughs> oh, not men. Oh. Not I've, specifically. Oh. I mean, we find it funny because we're in a space where we find that the traditional gatekeepers are the ones who are supposed to be pushing this conversation. So, doctors pharmacists they're supposed to be talking about this no stuff. they're not and we talk about this all the time here and it's again no shade to doctors no shade but the way that doctors well, and pharmacists are trained is basically their job is to keep us alive I'm when so i glad when i go that. to my doctor <laughs> if i go to so you know i talked about my eye problem right yep. and again i wasn't stevie wonder i wasn't going blind it was outside of my i basically had developed uh Periorbital dermatitis. And through my own Google search, I kind of figured that out on my own. Dr. Google. Um, but there was definitely a point where I thought could be psoriasis. Could be... Either way, I knew that it was either coming from my gut health and stress. And I mean, they're linked, right? So I was like, 
because of the state of my myself, my yep. the rest of my health, my eyes are exploding. So I ignored it because I kept thinking, ah, it'll go away, it'll go right, away, it'll go right, away. Right. But it. Why did I start talking about this? See, we forget what's happening as we're as we're talking about it. I'm stoned. Help me. Help, help <laughs> me. Give me a retrieval, you guys. I started this. I started this because oh, doctors and pharmacists. Yes. Right. When I went to my GP and I actually really like my doctor. I think she's great. Mm -hmm. She's, mm -hmm. you know, she's very willing to listen. She takes my um my values into play when right. I talk, you know, because she knows I'm not the person that if she busts out a prescription pad, that's not what I'm looking for. Right. I'm looking for like I have this problem. Give me some thoughts. What you know, where do we right. where do we think this is coming from? Right. I don't just want her to give me something to cover up the symptoms, right? right. But when I went to her, immediately it was, okay, it's periorbital orbital dermatitis, which anyone in this room who knows what that is or anyone listening, it's not serious. Mm -hmm. It's not going to kill me. Mm -hmm. I will live. Mm -hmm. I might look a little uglier, mm -hmm. but I will survive. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> right. I go to my naturopathic doctor and it's, okay, what was happening in your life like mentally emotionally psychologically what was happening in your life around the time when this first started mm -hmm. um how are your bowel movements how you know right. Are, right. how do you feel in turn and it right. was more like where is this coming from right so right. when it comes to doctors and pharmacists should they be having this conversation and we can say should all we want that is not what they're there for no, right so <laughs> i agree with the statement that you said and something that we say all the time and it's so funny that you said it but we do say Doctors, they have admitted their job is to only save your life. They're there to not, keep you alive. Not that's your it. sex life. No. <laughs> that's that's the truth. Because you're not gonna die you're if not you don't gonna, have an erection. It, thank you. You're and, not gonna die. And that's what they say. But the fact that we as a whole community who have decided to invest in healthcare, that we deny that it's connected to mental health, that's ridiculous. So for all of us at the front line to not make that connection. And to take the extra step to now say this is something that's a call like everyone's calling about mental health right now. Everybody. It's a it's a calling card for everybody. So to reject that and to not say, hey, you know what? Let me look deeper into your problem. Right. And let me see what's really going on here, um, because I have to think about your long term mental health. Yeah. Right, like they de they definitely should. And mental health. Yes, it's it's a buzzword. It's trendy. It's trendy. But. Un I hate to say it. unfortunately it that, that's where it stops it's trendy there's still so much people don't understand and people contradict themselves all the time you talk about how important mental health is that yet you're very quick to call somebody lazy there you go maybe they're not lazy no maybe they're struggling maybe they're but struggling, it's exactly. always this person is this or this we're very quick to judge people label people right doctors included that's right, right? so so with right for me when we talk about mental health we talk about a man's mental health in particular, um, as he was saying, his his self-value, um, his ability to feel like he's a productive contributor in a relationship, to feel that he's needed and wanted. There's a lot of things that play into this, right? And so mental health for men hasn't been put at the forefront, oddly enough, buzzword or not. Um, men having emotions about something <laughs> that would actually affect them long-term, right? And again, men being proactive, this is not how men are 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 championed in our society. They're actually championed to to destroy themselves and be cool doing the job, right? You get an A plus in that. Mm. 
true. <laughs> Destroying himself and being cool about it. No, yeah. Like I feel like um a man's you know, the way that we men are portrayed in society is uh, you know, provide for your family, work your body into the ground to support your family. And, you know, um, don't take care of yourself. It's all for your family. It's all for who you're providing for. And, yeah. and like, you know, men are looked at as providers, right? Yeah. Um, how dare you take care of yourself? Yeah, how dare you take care of yourself? How, uh, you know, <laughs> how dare you take care of yourself? I always tell this to myself. Haircut? And, yeah, it, it, you know, like, if I feel really crappy about myself, myself? something as simple as, you know, <laughs> shaving or washing my face. Yeah. Or, you know, like brushing my teeth really Ask good. a man mm-hmm. why getting a haircut so important. <laughs> why going to the barber is such a good energy filler. Because you're taking you care, care of yourself. Of, I'm, I'm yourself. triggered by haircuts. <laughs> Mark, Mark cuts his hair every day. <laughs> but, see, but th- that's he has a, the most beautiful hair. <laughs> but when you take care of yourself... You can take care of others, mm-hmm. yep. right? I always look at it that way. It's true. Like I look at my wife and I say, "Dude, like her skin is." Do you uh, do you call her dude? Because he calls me no. dude all the time. Very <laughs> dude. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> he, even, he even calls me bro. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> you know, my daughters. Sometimes my daughters are bro. Come on. <laughs> no, sometimes it sneaks out, and my wife is like, "Bro, dude." <laughs> but um, you know, when when she takes care of her skin. You know, when she, yeah, she has, she has great skin, by the way, but when she takes care of herself like in the, the morning, dropping them, that's a good name. Yeah. Drop. <laughs> when, when you, when she takes care of her skin, well done. when she, when she does her I morning know. routine, it sets off the rest of the day. Yeah. Right. And, and so like, yeah, when, when, you know, when she's washed her face, when she's applied all her, all her products to her face, the rest of the day can, can begin. Yep. You know, and, um, yeah, it's, taking care of yourself is important. You, yeah, we, it is. It is preach. very important, and it it is preached, but it, it's definitely preached more towards women. I agree with you guys it that it's not something that you know men are encouraged to do more of. Like, guys, go get a massage, take a self care day. Can like, you imagine that's that? very much about women. And I and I I yeah. understand. You know, like feminists went hard for this, right? But I understand it because women have always been like caregivers and taking care of everybody mm-hmm. and not taking care of themselves. And like, I get it, but like. Like you guys said, men are also out there busting their ass and working. And I, I mean, I'm talking about traditional. You're absolutely roles. right. It's all traditional yeah. roles. It's all traditional, it's all traditional roles, roles. But a lot of people still do that. Like I've mentioned before, how culturally Mark, there's Mark a billion just, traditional roles. Absolutely, See, I, absolutely right. But then when we look at from human level, everyone should be able to pamper themselves. E- yeah, <laughs> even culturally, though many cultures, it's still the same idea where like the men are that's out doing the hard work yeah, and the women are taking about. care of the that's family. Exactly what I'm and saying. like I've I've mentioned on other episodes, and there's no I don't feel any shame in this, but Mark and I very quickly fell into very traditional mm-hmm. because husband wife stereotypical man. He, he is. He <laughs> likes fast cars. He likes motorcycles and bikinis. There you go. And the only way to offset it is to the other he, part. <laughs> he stays here and he'll work 15, 16 hour days. But one of us has to be home taking care of our children mm-hmm. and taking care of the house and prepping the meals. I mean, God bless him, but he can't fucking cook. So it better be me. It's funny that you talk day. about this, this, you know, this partnership you have, because we get a lot of men who are coming in with their partner, their partners. Yep. And we say, yay, that's a good thing. That's a good that thing. That's a good thing. But yeah. we also get some horror stories where the guy comes in with his partner. We talk about what's going on with men's health. We talk about how important it is to their psychological health. And after it's all said and done and we say, you know what, you're a good candidate for this. This is something you should really look at doing. You're still getting meaningful erections, but not consistently. So maybe we can, you know, 
cut this off before it gets worse. He looks to his wife and his wife says, what do you need that for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what do you need that for? And then he looks at me <laughs> and I look away. <laughs> and that's and that's a reality, right? So if you're going to imagine what he's going to go through now. Yeah. And yeah, women, women are definitely encouraged to take care of themselves and do all the things. And there's a given men, take men do also deserve to take care of themselves and have days for themselves. I mean, I, I'm, but I don't want to meddle. I'm in like no way like the perfect wife. I'm annoying as shit and he'll tell you that. But one of the things I'm annoying about, he's a smart fucking man, right? But one of the things that I'm annoying about, <laughs> well, I know that, is that I am constantly telling him because he does work so much and he does, do, and like I watch him beat his fucking body into the ground. So I'm the one telling him like on days like today, he didn't have to be at work until, I don't know, like 11 o'clock. And at 7 a.m. he's getting out of bed. I'm like, why? But you see the question. Go back you, to bed. The thing Go is take that care you asked why. And not a lot of men have other women who are saying, hey, or, or partners, period, who are just saying, hey, my responsibility to you is your health. Hey, I got married to you, sickness or in, right? Well, right? And, and, that, and, and, then, I, and I kind of joke with him. I kind of joke right? with him, though, too, when he's not taking care of himself. I'm like, see, if you don't take care of yourself now, I'm going to have to fucking take care of you later. There you go. So can we please, see? can we please? And I'll take that <laughs> and I'll take that beside any man or any, any partner who's, who's in that way, because at the end of the day, that's why you take care of each other. Now, if you don't have a partner, you better take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, it still comes down to you taking care of you or somebody. Or being, somebody else is going to have to. Thank you. It's one of the two, right? Yeah. So. I think it's all about health now. And actually, okay, to bring it back to erectile dysfunction, <laughs> like literally that's one of the things that we tell our men is like, you should engage in sexual activity. You should all the time stimulate an erection at least once a day. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like keep it active. Like, yeah. I don't want to make it so bro, but it's like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. yeah we so say that all the time. If, if you're yeah. asexual, guess what? You're not going to stimulate an erection. Yeah. If you don't work out that muscle, it's gonna yeah. atrophy. Yeah, it's, yeah that's yeah. exactly. It. When someone is seeing you, are they normally seeing you guys, kind of at the beginning stages? Are they All seeing stages. you guys? Are you seeing you guys like fuck? My only resolution now is surgery, and I don't want to do that. No, uh, like All literally stages. All, stages. All, stages. all stages, right we from get the beginning. Though we get that guy. We get a lot. that guy. That guy is like, I've tried everything. The Come on, you know, yeah. yeah. And we don't want to mislead men. Again, we're getting them again. Yeah, at, I'll at, continue. I'll all. You know, right? pay a place and, on the continuum. And they're at a very vulnerable point, right? Where they're willing to try anything. That's not our job. Our job is not then to swindle them. Hey, try this new shockwave yeah, yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not our job. Our job is actually first to educate them on, hey, this is the traditional pathway. This is what's going on. How do you think is your best course of action? And can we assist with that? Well, it's good too that you guys are getting them thinking about that there's different reasons for the ed so then they can talk to the appropriate person if they're not a candidate to get therapy oh, with you guys great for sure but love you need that. to talk to the right person if it's hormonal well let's deal with your hormones uh, i've you had go. to turn people away like we um, do you know sometimes people are displaying symptoms of um of of uh hypothyroidism yeah yeah right sometimes people are displaying symptoms of yeah low testosterone Sometimes it's something neurological. Some people like, are hiding a condition, like an addiction, and we we can't take them in. Oh, dude. Mm. Right? We get that a lot. 
but there's we have some very interesting guys who come in. Um, we've had um men who have essentially come in with a wheelchair, right? They've been wheelchair yeah. bound, wheelchair right? bound, and a lot of people look at us like we can't help them. Oh yeah, we can. As if they're if not neurological and you're still getting those erections, we can if, still. Help if you them. can produce an erection, that's like, all that I we're looking help, for. I can help you. If you can actually produce some meaningful sort of blood flow mm. through your penis, let's try the treatment. Um, so guys that have had a prostatectomy, yeah, and uh, through the course of prostatectomy, um, you know, a nerve got severed or they're just not producing an erection because of that, then right. I can't help you. Right. 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 But if you've, you know, if you can produce some sort of erectile function, then we can try things. So one of the guys uh, was a gunshot victim. Mm. It was in a, he was in a wheelchair, mm. and um, yeah, he's producing an erection. He was sexually active, but nice. just not what it used to be. Right. And yeah. through the course of um, continual catheterized self catheterization, yeah. caused some trauma to his penis. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I can help you. And yeah. he actually, you know, he liked the treatment. Yeah. Um, another guy that I helped um, was another traumatic injury. He um, sustained uh, paraplegia through rugby. Um, and so uh, he can still stimulate an erection. He can still self-pleasure. Cool. Um, and, but yeah, he was noticing it just wasn't what it used to be. So yeah, I yeah. treated him successfully too. Nice. So what what are the results like for you guys? Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Like, like this is this is like a four to six week treatment type of thing, or this uh, yeah, is um, yeah, four to six weeks, and then we leave them for about two to three months. Then yeah. we reassess them to yeah. see you know how they're doing, and if they require additional treatments, then we'll continue forward with it. Gotcha. That's why every person's really treated uniquely. Yeah. Um, but generally, for us, the ironic part is we're looking for healthy men. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke of this. We're not yes. looking for the man who's not to say we can't help that person. But I don't want to tell some guy who's been ignoring this problem for seven to ten years, who've who've abused the drugs, who have has right. a, and is a diabetic, walking not with you know with a blood sugar level of ten and over, yeah. that I'm going to make them a raging eighteen year old again. No, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. You need to take care of yourself first, right? yeah. like you know, get your health in check before we can treat you. Right. 100%. So we try to say be proactive. I mean, if you're 30 years old and you want to protect your long term health, come see us. You know, if, if that, that's the reality, if you're 55 and you're trying to avoid pills and traditional pathways, come see us. Um, those are the ideal candidates for us. If you're diabetic and you're controlling your blood sugar level and you've seen a change in your erections, come see us. Definitely come see us. Um, you know, if you're if you're obese and and you're seeing your erections are disappearing, come see us. Come see us because we, you know, uh, through uh, lifestyle changes and through getting our treatment, then sure, you know, there is a chance that you can improve your erectile function. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not just getting the treatment. We there is post care that needs to be done. I think I told you guys that. Mm -hmm. So we always tell men, you know, drink more water, get at least a liter and a half to two liters of water in mm -hmm. you in a day. That's right. Um, you know, it's your it's run. a circulatory system. If yeah. your circular system is running dry, if there's not That's enough, the Colton, Colton keeps saying run. run. How do you feel about this, Mark? You want to run? Watch, watch. No, I don't need to run. See? <laughs> and and most guys Ooh. don't run. It's so funny, but I don't need to run. again, the things that you weren't being asked to do that you did naturally when you were a kid. What's recess after 15 years old? What represents your recess? Probably the gym. And I hope, but no one has a recess. Right, you're forced to run outside when you're a kid. Literally, they kicked you outside <laughs> and put you right. in a field and said, "You better energy. do something. Get the fuck out of our Get face, the fuck for out face <laughs> and go running." You might just stand there and someone chased you, and then you have to start running. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you were active, and we're not putting enough emphasis on this part of our lifestyle, right? And understand and making that correlation to our health and our happiness, right? I think that's the part that's missing, and that's why me and Josh 
passionately enjoy speaking to men either when they're calling us inquiring or while we're treating them right um mm-hmm. it is a gospel to be shared right it, we really really do preach it right across the board we believe everyone's involved um uh it again we want it to be a conversation less about reactive health and more about proactive health do you think this should be on health is this on health history forms for massage therapists physiotherapists chiropractors there's uh like a reproductive health section that I can think of, but I don't right, think it necessarily has anything. I don't think so about erectile dysfunction. I don't or think so. Like there's that. nothing. No. Men do not. There's there's no conversation starter for erectile dysfunction I don't think on I've, this planet. There is none. No. The, the places that men should probably hear it from is their doctor or their close family. But again, member. you're not going to die if you don't get an erection. Exactly. So it's just it's not spoken about. But I I like that you guys have consistently brought up the fact that it is linked to mental health and if we're going to address a person as a whole person mental physical emotional spiritual all of those things then this is part of it sexual health needs to be part of the conversation so do you guys have a mental health professionals that either are in your clinic or that are we refer refer to we refer refer to to. we partner with many and we and again it's again we do with couples right, right? right. so we want to make sure it's a holistic approach and yep. not a silver bullet i think moving forward for everything that we do we also um use acoustic sound wave therapy for pain relief as well right but right. again it might be to enhance our some therapy that we're receiving from a physio right so i wonder if i saw this on a massage therapy health history form if i'd be like do you really it's like do you i mean i wouldn't because I understand it. There's but. there's always people that are going to say, "Do you really need to know that?" It's like the you know the patient who will come to me and say, "Like well, I have tendonitis in my shoulder, but you can't do anything about that." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right then, mm. I can't do anything about that." Okay. Well, yeah, yeah the acoustic sound wave, the shockwave therapy can help yeah. with different musculoskeletal uh, yeah, yeah. disorders, yeah. right? Or sorry, like musculoskeletal injuries, yeah. right? Um, and so that's part of the business as well is treating that. We're but, men's health clinic, so we're treating erectile dysfunction primarily but we also deal with aches and pains so right. if we're so in, let, let's give people the information then if anybody's listening where can they find you guys your website social platforms so uh, www.elevate with uh, the number eight um, menshealth.com uh, we're located in woodbridge at uh, 4600 highway 7 suite 170 um, and you can reach us at 289-203-3558 um, Josh and I are manning the, the clinic and, uh, we like to keep it, you know, uh, tight relationship with the guys that come in. So they feel that, you know, they're getting consistent care. They're, they have a trustworthy relationship with the person who's taking care of them. So, you know, we like to make it almost like a boys club experience, right? Can I guess something? Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing you guys do not get a lot of patients referring other people oh, to you. Oh, I it, love that you, joke. No, that, no, no. That's a I joke feel like of you all don't jo- get that. They both just sat up like so straight. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> funny. That's so funny you saying that. This, this is awesome. So um, when men get results, yeah. they tell other men. Really? Actually, yeah. it's and it's, the, and it's funny. Because I would have thought that would have never been. I well, thought that would have never been a conversation. Like, I call it. Oh, your dick's not working. You got to go see these guys. I thought it would never been It depends on the type of dude because. Yeah. So you have dudes that they're Casanovas, man. Like they don't want anyone to know about their, right, their, their right, function, right, right. you know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know, they'll walk out and they're like, yeah, "Thank you, Colton. Thank you, Josh. You guys like really fixed me up." And we're right, like, right, "So right. you're gonna tell your friends about this, right?" Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
guys, but I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, nah. But I'm gonna make. I'll give you fifty. No, be, I'll give you fifty percent off. They ain't nah. gonna <laughs> he doesn't even know about that. But, but then you get guys that like you know they're boys. If you know what I mean, like they share everything, yeah. and those are the guys that refer other guys. So wow. Um, either, honestly, there's been two cases. Um, one of them, he was a uh, bodybuilder. Yeah. That referred his other bodybuilder friend. Yeah, that makes sense. To yeah, me. yeah, it's cl- it, like, and he's right. Guys with close relationships, bodybuilders, um, guys who go yeah, to the like bar it. together, are, they generally will talk about this stuff because the fun talk for them, right? People should just look at any anything as normal human fun. You know what? You know who taught me this? This guy right here. When we first met, <laughs> you see if you guys could see Mark when, right now, he's like, he's like what, do you mean? "What do you mean?" Yeah. When I know when I did something. When we first good. met, <laughs> yeah. you fart. It, Everyone farts. Who cares? It, it wasn't even. That, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't. It, that's not what I was going to say. When we first met, I remember like having a conversation with him about something. <laughs> But I remember just his general attitude about everything, including farts, apparently. <laughs> but his general attitude about everything is like, nothing is, like, I can't remember how he worded it, but it's like, nothing is abnormal. Like, normal human things happen to people. And it's weird the amount human. of shame that people have around certain things, you know, where it's like, this is, you know, your body's not functioning properly, but you can help yourself. You can go to people who can help you fix that. Yeah. But it's like the normal human reaction to feel shame around anything, whether it's like farting or I've got the some normal, sort man, of GI problem or whatever. Like, So That's I will give the too. perfect ex- perfect example. Sometime in my 20s, I started snoring and I was like, this is so embarrassing. Like what mm-hmm. woman snores? You know, like that was where my mentality went. And it turned out I had some like serious issues where I wasn't breathing for like 90% of the night. Oh, you were like apneic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I, it, got to a point, it got to a point where my blood pressure got to 100 and, uh, 194 over 111. Holy like shit. a doctor said to me, like, you're going to die you're gonna drop dead from a stroke at this yeah, point in your but sleep it, it's because yeah it's because yeah. I, I wasn't breathing but i remember just for me i ignored it and ignored it because it was like this this weird thing of like no like girls don't snore you know yeah. like you we know, don't do that weird. i don't know i mean i'd love to get you guys take on health and and humanity a lot of people believe that health is something that's bestowed upon them spiritually and that whatever happens to you you deserve it kind of thing so there is some type of embarrassment around it like they don't seek it it's almost like you look at health as like it's almost like a video game right you get an energy bar and that's your energy bar i don't know, I don't know man but then you look at something like i i don't know why i had this thought earlier maybe it's because you guys were coming in but i was thinking about you know when we were kids i say we you guys could be a lot younger than me i don't know but when you know God, we generally we were children um it was it was like normal i don't want i don't the word normal's not right here but like we would make fun of like stds stis whatever you want to yeah. call them right it was like this this stigma that was like you're disgusting if you have any kind of like That's sexually transmitted to, right. something right but in it, i was thinking about this earlier about like how many people would feel such shame around something like like herpes or HPV or whatever. And it could be, you know, something at, it could be any reason that they ended up with something like this. Like it could be something like, 
you're exploring your sexuality, which is perfectly normal and fine. And you ended up with a partner that you caught something from, or you were possibly abused or you, you know, yeah. were with one person it's, it's, your it's entire life. And like yeah. so many things can happen, yeah. but it, there's this shame and like, I feel dirty so, about it. So you know? maybe what I'm trying to say is that the education around sex yeah. is not one that was always self-exploratory. It's usually giving down to you from somebody, right? In most cases. So you're actually powerless when it comes to sex and health. In most cases, you're born into a position where you're not educated about what's going on. So when something happens to you, there's this sense of embarrassment of not knowing about it, right? Knowing why it happened. You start giving yourself self-blame when in reality, if you knew how you get herpes <laughs> and you went about getting herpes that way, you'd be kind of okay with that and, and deal with the problem. Yeah. But it's the lack of education that makes us feel weak in all spaces. Think of what men are doing to each other. We're hurting ourselves because we lack the information, we're lacking general information about our sexual health. And because of that, we feel weak out there. Just like he said, we, we don't want to talk about it. We feel embarrassed. We have all those same characteristics because of lack of information. I think, you know, um, healthy sexuality starts, yeah, with education, right, as a child. So I don't know if it's changing the um, education system to be more open about sexuality or if it's... Um, you know, something culturally that needs to change in popular yeah. culture or Western culture. I, yeah. um, but learning to be a sexual person and learning to uh, treat it healthy treat it in a positive and take manner, care of it, take care of it. And, that's important. Yeah. Like, like I remember, you know, being, uh, being in school in elementary school and when you get a boner, when you get an erection, like it's embarrassing, right? But no, that's healthy. Yeah. We got guys who've gotten Peronis because of the embarrassment of having an, a boner by hiding it and yeah. suppressing it. So now I, they've injured their penis. I think Mark of... can relate. Like sometimes you get an erection. I think you... Mark can relate. <laughs> you just came out of nowhere. Where then you like, <laughs> you know, have you ever had an erection? And then you. <laughs> you think Mark can relate this one. <laughs> well, it's, it's in popular. It. <laughs> uh, if you ever, if you, I think it wasn't super bad. Like he got an erection and then he tucked his erection into his waistband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, Jonah Hill, yeah. Sometimes it feels good when you do like that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he said? Uh, yeah. But we get guys who call us and say um is okay so let's take for instance how we grew up as men right so our generation grew up under playboy magazines mm -hmm. the new generation sets their standard by you porn mm. think of think of now the reward system that they're trying to achieve compared to what we were trying to achieve mm. they are trying to achieve he-man efforts now what they see on that video they're trying to emulate. So we're actually seeing a higher usage of Viagra amongst kids amongst between youth. 18 to 25. Really? Why not? Because of where their standards are being set. Mm. Think about the difference between a magazine that's staying still and you have to recreate some crap and then th the button online that lets you see any type of crap. Yeah, watch like the most hardcore pornography. And that's lasting watch. for 20 minutes nonstop, not thinking that's edited material, right? And now you set a whole new standard. So the next generation of men are actually at more risk to take on the traditional pathways at an earlier age based off of lack of education than even the generation before them because they have more access to drugs and now they're dealing with more um, um, video content that's having them go down, you know, 
I guess, damaging pathways when it comes to not being aware of what's hurting them. And you know what? Like, you know, the term we were just talking about toxic masculinity back back then. Mm. Now, <laughs> we, uh, now it's more about like toxic sexuality. That's right. It's like right. men are setting a standard of sex. Well, the young generation is setting a standard of sex that's not achievable. You know, uh, not every Except woman. Except by a very small few of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not every woman hey, speak, just slips speak for yourself in there. there. <laughs> speak for yourself there, Josh. Not, not every woman can perform like a porn star. Not every man can perform like a porn star. I don't, I mean, if you look at the behind the scenes of pornography, like, like yep. not every man porn is stars going, can't even perform like porn stars. That's they, that, and they, they and stars. They, and they, and they, they're not even stars, right? <laughs> they're not even stars. Not. Again, it's some Yahoo with <laughs> their phone <laughs> at this point. At this but, point. But, but that's what it I is. They have an OnlyFans account and a phone. Because yeah, <laughs> it's not like you have a porn star career, right? It doesn't last long. It's with three years, um, in and out, but no pun intended. And but, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, what we again. How we set our rewards is very important as a culture because how you see sex when you're 20 is not the same. Think of a guy. I have a lot of men. Here's a good good one, Mark. <laughs> you ready for this one? I think so. We get men who come to us and say, I just can't get it up with my wife. But that, you know, my, my secret side partner, piece. my side piece, the girl on the road, I'm totally fine. Mm. Do I have ED? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> and the question is, you do have ED. Yeah. You just have prolonged ED. You see, the psychological excitement of being with someone new is just prolonging the inevitable. Yeah. It's prolonging the inevitable. So even if when you go with that other person over time, you might even leave your wife and choose this other person. ED will still be there waiting for you. It's, so the inevitable end is still That's there. karma, bitch. Don't that, cheat on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's stuff like that that men aren't aware of. You're right? They you send them up. So imagine if they knew that, right? We live in a very diverse, multicultural city. And I'm curious, are there any ethnic backgrounds that you do not see? Of course. Right off the bat, we already know. Like Right off the bat, no Asians at all. No Asian 1% like like point zero zero point five. I can, I can 0. count 5. on my fingers yeah. how many one hand one, actually, one hand don't even, how many Asian don't men all your seen. fingers you really yeah it's a I cultural thing it's a cultural there's thing. a culture South Asians as well yeah fall in this category they're at a at a small uptick of three percent right um so who's coming in all the white guys Caucasians. all the Caucasians and now we get a lot of Caribbean guys a lot of the Caribbean so to, that we have to know again culturally they're coming in for two totally different reasons and that's why I bring this up as a culture we have to really look at what sets the standards and stuff we understand through certain cultures the religious part we understand it all over the world but then when we see the cultural part <laughs> play out. So why so why no Asians? I don't know why this surprises me. It seems to be something that's more of a private matter for it's them. More of a private. Oh, it's, they're it's, more like modest and private. It's all matters. private. It could be that's it. Or it could be that just um, they would prefer to deal with it within their own community and their own doctors. We don't know. But we can assume it could be something like that. I don't okay. know. Right. That can be something. That, another part. I can't see them just not dealing with it at all. Right. I think it's cultural, too. I mean, I'm an I'm an Asian man. I'm Filipino. Mm. As I say, there's two Asians in the room. So <laughs> let's, let's hear from you guys. Yeah. How many Filipinos have we seen? I'm going to say one. One. Yeah. One. Okay. So it's the black man. 
<laughs> and I, I've the, been... the, the the white man. Well, you have you have a Caribbean Asian guy here. So well, you you're, you're halfway coming through then. So, so... <laughs> just coming from a Filipino background, you'll make the call at least. <laughs> like culturally, this is something that a Filipino man wouldn't spend ma- wouldn't spend money on. Right, definitely. Yeah. So it's like, um, how do I say it? They'll just deal with it. I like the They'll... question though, because for me, um, being that I'm from the Caribbean, right, um. I see a very clear split. It's mm. clear as day. Um, the Caribbean men come in with a totally different man- mentality around this problem. <laughs> it's, mm. it's more about, I can't go back home if this isn't fixed, Colden. Like, you know how we got to fix this, right? Mm. It's a different approach to the game. They don't look at it like um, they've lacked a want for anything. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. This is a problem physically, and they they know this. Mm. And if be they're diabetic or whatnot, but they can't go back home. Caucasian men, I'm finding it's a little bit different sometimes. It's more of a, just a thing for them. Pride, whatever it might be, right? Um, it might be about the wife and pleasing her. It might not even be about them, right? Um, it's sometimes interesting. It's about, sometimes it is just about them, to so, be honest. <laughs> So it's a cultural thing that's funny that yeah, plays out. It's really interesting. It's very, and then you got cultures that have arranged marriages. How they set the reward is different. But like you're saying, there's not a lot of South Asians, and I feel like a lot of like I have a lot of South Asian clients, and I I don't picture them being people that are calling you guys. Honestly. No, no, they're oh. not. And and those who are, again, they're very proactive about their health. That supersedes everything. It doesn't matter now. Like. Those people mm-hmm. are just want to be healthy. Like you right. said, a small percentage of men, very small percentage of men who are like, I want to be healthy. And I think that those are the men we're looking for. Men who are very educated on their problem and want a, a, a healthy solution and approach. They don't want to be medicated. They don't want surgery. They want to be given a natural approach to fixing their problem. And uh, they, they also want to talk about it. Uh, how many how many mornings do I need to go without getting a hard on before I actually call you guys? <laughs> I think it's an age related thing. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, as our testosterone, I mean, as we age, our testosterone mm-hmm. levels naturally mm-hmm. go down. Um, I'd so, say the marker is six to six months because most guys are waiting six months to three years before they address a problem. So mm-hmm. I would say if you're going six months without any wood knocking on the door, I mean, you gotta you gotta really think about that. Mm. Right again, it's about your blood flow that that penis right, represents. Right, right. We can't think it represents sex. <laughs> it represents blood flow. So if it's not happening, they take away sex out of the equation, like you said, and just look at it on a simple anatomy level. If it's not moving, just like Josh said, if you're not using it, you're losing it. Think about also um, how do I say it? Just your own self, right. like like mm-hmm. you know how many erections how, how many morning erections you get right. and and how often you get them if it's not happening the way that it's go, uh, happening over a period of time yep. then yes of course you know go go well, check know, it out just and, and and ask because again it's the canary in the coal mine mm-hmm. we're not saying it's ed mm-hmm. for all i know you could be a diabetic right now and you're not controlling your blood sugar level or mm-hmm. you could be right? uh, you could have hypothyroidism for all i know some kid kicked you in the nuts to four weeks ago and you didn't want to accept it i don't know Right, Maybe you're riding your bike too hard. You might be a bo- motorbike rider. That's well, yeah, those are people at risk. Or, at risk, or you're. Or you might be a heavy cyclist. A heavy cyclist, and your seat's hard, and it's you're riding four times a week. Cycler's penis. Cycler's oh, penis. It's, it's, real. It's, it's real. It's real. Yeah. It's real. It's real. 
injury. It's just like the truck driver. They're, That's an they're injury. putting this pressure on the on, on that area and it becomes numb. What we say is Josh used to use a good example. Think of what happens when you're reading a book and you have your hand on your, your head and you have your elbow and it starts to get tingly. That's what's happened to a truck driver. That's what's happened to a bicyclist in that area. Yeah. Um, uh, we have an aircraft mechanic who's always on harnesses, an mm. arborist that's always hanging from a tree. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You are like cutting circulation off to that area and you're cutting it off for significant periods of time. Mm -hmm. If something does not get oxygenated, what happens? It dies, right? Yep. Or, or sustains injury. Another yep. marker is drinking lots of caffeine. Two cups a day of large coffee is going to do you in sooner or later. Sure. Right. So like, you know, um, it might give you, it might enhance circulation for a period of time. But what happens when you're drinking caffeine? Sure, the heart is pumping. It's getting blood to, you know, to circulate very quickly. But it's doing that at the expense of taking arteries and veins and actually causing some uh, acute vasoconstriction. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're vasoconstricted, well, this is really dumb, but some people take energy drinks before sexual activity. Yeah. Sure, it'll give you that burst of energy, but you're yeah. actually what you're trying to do is you're counteracting what your penis wants to do and vasodilate. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and men who think drinking alcohol before sex helps, it doesn't either. Bad too. So uh, whiskey dick is the term that we give it. Whiskey so, dick is the term. Yeah. Yeah. So um, everybody knows about. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. You know, you're you're depressing the nervous so why system. Asians don't go in. They don't drink whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Whatever. But that's the thing. It's like it's like you're depressing your nervous system, right? So something that should be stimulating you is not stimulating you because of substances, because of alcohol. Josh has been the only one keeping us serious this whole time. And when you <laughs> just said, that's why... That's why I've been exciting. No, I'm come on. Jo serious. Josh has held this down. <laughs> when you're like, uh, that's why Asians don't go in, because they don't drink whiskey. Yeah. You know, I offered Josh the Jack and Coke when he got here, and he's like, only give me half a glass. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, right there. Proof of concept. <laughs> you go right we, there. Asians literally do not have the enzymes Enzyme, yeah. to, to break down the uh, alcohol. I know. So. You cute little red face. Asians. <laughs> <laughs> As you, can, oh, but you might not be able to, but my face is not red. I, I, I only drank a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I really appreciate you guys coming in and talking about this because, no and, and I hope that people listening will realize like, there isn't shame in having these conversations or reaching Not out for help. And it's, I think a lot of people don't because they are really just I love that. embarrassed about it. Yeah, you're right. It, that's all it is. And I, I I'm, ahead, I'm so blown away though that when this works that other dudes like go tell other dudes like that is that is the one thing that has totally blown me away because like I'm thinking of like all the all the friends that I have all my dude friends I have no idea about their about their sexual health zero so I would have no idea you know you know what I mean so it, it that that just blows me like away. a barber is your closest friend in most cases, and he's not talking to you about it, nor is your bartender. So who's talking to you about it? But if you have a really good friend, hey, guess what? He'll share the news. You know what I mean? That That's a good friend. <laughs> that's a good, that's your best butt for right sure. On, man. This has been good. This has been good. Yeah. No problem. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Really, really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, you mind if I do a little shout out? Yeah, please. Go ahead. Uh, just a couple shout outs. Yeah, well, um, so um, we have an Instagram account. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Share yeah. socials. Yeah, please, please so follow it's, us. It's Elevate Men's Health. So E L E V the number eight T E Elevate Men's Health. Mm -hmm. Um, we also uh, actually I have my own um instagram account it's elevate e-l-e-v the number eight t-e underscore josh rn mm -hmm. 
Um, so um, I'm going to be a little bit more active there about, you know, uh, that's kind of my project for the new year is getting more awareness about men's health out there. So uh, especially to people that are in that my age bracket because we do use social media Mm -hmm. we do use instagram so um yeah if you can follow me there that'd be great i'm gonna be posting more content there so uh yeah so i just i just want to shout out you guys amanda mark thanks for having us here uh you know allowing us to uh spread a little education and um hopefully listeners will be more inclined to learn about their sexual health and you know guys explore more about their opinions of sexual health their um Mm-hmm. their concepts of sexual health and if they are experiencing erectile dysfunction um and um oh my i have a i have a i have a a cousin sorry i have a, a, a nephew from portland who's actually going to be listening to this so uh shout out ben from portland oh man you just yes. gave ben up <laughs> now why ben why are you Hi, listening ben, ben? <laughs> <laughs> no it's important you know he, he he's a young man and uh, he should be um learning about healthy healthy sexuality especially as a male so mm. um thank you for giving us this platform to do that Much awesome. appreciate. Uh, my you, shout man. out is real simple shout out um honestly i want to shout out to every guy who's listening um take everything that you've heard with uh, seriousness and humor um more importantly share the news with other men um this is a conversation that is going to benefit your mental and physical health in the long term and um, spread the gospel and follow us. Um, definitely follow us on social media. We're definitely going to be posting a lot more fun facts and making sure that we can drive this conversation. Thank you very much for having us. And if you're a man, like, please, if you have a problem, just find someone to talk to 100%. Yeah, we're here for that for sure. Uh, like, uh, if, I think you guys saw, I don't know if you, if you guys know about Twitch, but he recently like committed suicide, right? Mm-hmm. And that guy was a light and for some reason he committed suicide and if you have a problem it doesn't have to be sexual but if you're a man and you have a problem find someone to talk to 100 mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be your significant other it doesn't have to be your best friend but just find someone to talk to have an outlet because um this can lead this can have some serious consequences yeah it's, it's good that josh brought that up before we leave it it's it's the one thing men are actually thinking ed is something that they suffer by themselves it's weird but most men that come to us think that what they're experiencing is unique. Hmm. That's how un, that's how we're not talking about this. They really come to us with this as a unique problem. So that's what's weird. Um, and the more and more people we talk to, we still find out that people are very unaware of this. So this is actually something that's not really being talked about. I know. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for the drinks, too. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.